damn holidays. This is Fuse Box number 239, Seasons Pleadings. And you are one eggnog shy of getting your stocking stuffed, whether you want it or not. Is that a lump of coal in your stocking, Mr. Keynes, or are you just happy to see me? Yes. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> Welcome in, folks, and uh, Seasons uh, Sneezing. From uh, most of us to some of you, this is Fusebox number 239, inappropriately titled Seasons uh, Pleadings. I am your Yule-logged host, Mark Rose, and over there, slightly obscured in a uh, what appears to be a cloud of baking flour... At least I hope that's baking flour. Is the sensei of sound his very own self, Milt Candy Canes, everybody? Well, bah, I'm fuck. <laughs> ah, yes, tis the season yet again, indeed, is it not? <coughs> it is. Yeah, <coughs> that is uh, uh, baking flour, you see. And uh, I uh, also see we have a uh, special guest with us <laughs> for another of our. Gloriously unspectacular, uh, probably totally unnecessary, Fusebox Clip Shows. Timo is joining us to help celebrate the holidays and uh, baking his uh, famous Christmas cookies. And uh, yeah, it looks like the first batch is coming out of the oven even as we speak. <laughs> and uh, wow, that's. Uh... Holy carp! What smells like. Carp? Timo, is that stench the cookies? Hmm? Look, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that I... I mean, well, are they supposed to smell like feet? Well, 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 maybe they just, you know... how, How about you just try one, Melt? You know, they might be good. Milk try cookie good. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe they taste better than they stink. Jesus. I think I just bit into a goddamn toenail. No, no, hey, 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 hey. Hold it, stop. Stop, 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 stop. <sighs> Listen, can we just roll the clips first? You know, while the studio and equipment are still intact? Huh? Guys, would that be okay? Hmm? Oh, yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah, good call. <laughs> All right, then. Now, Milt, if you please. The how-to of the what for, Eco and Milo, whip it up in the lab. 
Yes, Master! <laughs> This fascinating development occurred in Germany, actually back in uh, 2021, and uh, it involved the culturing of brain cells derived from uh, the stem cells and then uh, curated, if you will, in uh, little Petri dishes. And as these cells developed, a fascinating thing occurred. The brain organoids, as they are referred to, began to develop eyes. Oh, hold up. What, 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 you mean they could see? Well, as the researchers describe it, uh, quoting here now, two bilaterally symmetrical optic cups were seen to grow, mirroring the development of eye structures in human embryos. This incredible result could help us to better understand the process of eye differentiation and development, as well as eye diseases. Holy carp. I mean, the, these eyes were, like, looking at you? Well, uh, what was uh, beginning to happen was the uh, formation of what they called optic cups. Now, in the picture that accompanies this article, and uh, we have a link... Right down there in the show notes that, that uh, you can see this. But there is this uh, uh, typical-looking Petri dish that we've all seen, and then a blob of semi-translucent matter in there. And at the uh, upper part of this translucent matter up there, uh, this blob has developed plainly visible two distinct dark spots. 
kind of like the early fetal stages of most mammalian life. Well, they look like tadpole eyes. They do. Yes, indeed. Very, uh, very apt. Yeah. And, and according to uh, one of the neuroscientists who worked on these critters, <laughs> stated, uh, quoting, Our work highlights the remarkable ability of brain organoids to generate primitive sensory structures that are light-sensitive and harbor cell types similar to those found in the body. These organoids can help to study brain-eye interactions during embryo development, model congenital retinal disorders, and generate patient-specific retinal cell types for personalized drug testing and transplantation therapies. So... They're doing this for the most part for transplant research? Well, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly one uh, direction for sure. Yeah, well, the other being creating a super blob that eats everything and destroys Tokyo. Only in the Toho version of that film scenario, Mr. Keynes. Yeah. From Fusebox 229, Nuckin' meet Kyle! The Kinkajou. Oh, well, and then there's that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's our highly opinionated Kinkajou named Kyle. Well, he, he's not one for mincing words, and I'm sure he'll have a... Now, aren't they called uh, honey bears, too? Oh, <laughs> been reading the National Geographic again, have you, Mr. Gaines? Maybe. <laughs> well... You're absolutely correct. And today on... Wildly Wild Critters in the Wild. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about the mysterious kinkajou. Yeah, and this is the part where your uh, rugged assistant gets to wrestle a 25-foot anaconda while being chased by crocodiles in a piranha-filled river, right? Uh, that would be the case, yes, Mr. Kane. So you've seen this show, huh? Uh, yeah. So the question soon becomes, are you feeling rugged? Uh, yeah, no. Thought not. Pity that. I love a good crocodile chase in piranha-filled waters while wrestling a 25-foot anaconda. From Fusebox 217, Color Bars, a breath of fresh air and logic from Tanahasi Coast. Now, y- you know the Maganoids have been all aflutter <laughs> about what has been termed critical race theory. Now, that term, by the way, goes back to the 1970s, so where, where have they been? Anyway, regardless of what you term it, These elements are indeed a part of this country's history and is necessary to expose the rather unpleasant truths about its origins. And that means looking at ugly parts of our nation's history square in the beady little red eyes and saying, yup, you're as ugly as a roadkill sandwich, but I gotta look at you. So... Governor the Sandslug is on a quest to remove anything that offends him personally, and he's made a huge grandstand move here by uh, banning books, uh, banning what a person thinks or feels with his woke act, and most recently, banning certain forms of school curriculum, specifically those forms that teach the historical relevancy of racism in this country. In particular... 
Language in this bill states that if a person, quote, must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress for their race or sex, then it's got to go straight into the dumpster. Well, you should hope to hell they feel something. Well, that's a damn point, isn't it? Yes, sir. And to make that point brilliantly is Ta-Nehisi Coates, an esteemed journalist and Howard University educator who said this about what education is supposed to be. The goal of education isn't to uh, tell you that, you know, the world is, is sunshine and rainbows. The goal is enlightenment. The goal is some deeper understanding of humanity. And that's what, you know, you, 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 you hopefully are trying to get across uh, to students. One would hope. Uh, Coates' book, Between the World and Me, is also under fire, but in Colorado, because of a passage that was read out of context in a very veiled attempt to outright ban this book from the school shelves. Obviously, you know, one of the big arguments of Between the World and Me is that race is a social fiction. So when we say white people will cease to exist, the idea is the category will too. And racially, the hope would be that black people would too. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, the case that the story makes. It does not mean that white people will be physically eradicated from the face of the earth. Hell, I mean, you can take a line out of any book and spin it like that. Context is critical, Mr. Keynes. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. Friends, I just wanted to once again take a moment to tell you about a genuine labor of love from Fusebox contributor and just all-around decent chap, 42nd Street Pete, Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine. Well, in the first issue of GR, Pete does a fabulous job of retelling that first time he discovered what is commonly referred to as Euro horror way back in 1965 when films like these played in real theaters and not on flickering TV sets at midnight or Saturday afternoons. Yeah, titles like The Awful Dr. Orloff, Lady Frankenstein, or even Terror Creatures from the Grave, where a youngster could spend an entire day in these theaters having the time of their lives. And as Pete writes, despite what you might think, be in an even safer place to experience them than today. Pick up a copy of Grindhouse Resurrection magazine today. There's a link in the show description to do just that. Don't worry. No harm will come to you. The Fuseboxshow.com From Fusebox 229 Nuck and Futs, here's a top 10 list Florida would soon like to forget. All right, friends. Get your uh, hazmat suit ready. Yes, because it's time to take another brave visit to the land of the burning doomed. Texas? No, but uh, they may be running a close second these days. No, I'm talking about that haven for the unwoke. Meaning asleep. And headed right over the edge into xenophobic oblivion. Yes, let's go to explore the sunshine hate, shall we? <laughs> Okay, we got we got to address this 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 newest list to come out as uh, reported by uh, NBC lately. Uh, <laughs> thanks thanks to Jeff for uh, finding this one. Uh, hold uh, up, looks like somebody had uh, seven or nine too many pina coladas over there before making this list. 
There are 11 entries on this top 10 list, and it looks like there are two fours. Well, th th there's a reason. Uh, there's a reason. As, as we have a, a tie for fourth place, Mr. Keynes. Oh, yeah. Roger that. Um, so uh, the, the list we refer to is the, quote, 10 worst places to live and work in the USA. And who do you suppose is at the very bottom? Of that list. Oh wait, 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 wait! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! I, I, I've, I've got this, bro. Uh, it's Florida. Well, of course it is. You can plainly see that as you're looking at the list. <laughs> well, don't pull the curtain back too far, man. There are people listening. <laughs> well, or at least that one guy in that stained raincoat is. I think. Yes, friends. At the bottom, ironic in a sad way, is the Sunshine State. Why, you ask? Well, for uh, uh, just one example, quoting the list here, Florida is one of the most difficult states to vote in, according to researchers at Northern Illinois University. Uh, Governor the Sandslug argues that none of that is stopping huge numbers of people from moving to Florida. And, uh, well, he does have a point. The state leads the nation in just about every measure of migration. But, rated strictly on life, health, and inclusion, the Sunshine State can be a rather dreary place, says the report. Well, any place that thinks slavery had benefits to the enslaved is definitely living in the upside down. Yes, the uh, Board of Education in that state says that uh, the African-American Studies program, quote, significantly lacks educational value, adding that they would consider a revised curriculum with, quote, lawful, historically accurate content. Well, you know, as long as the, quote, lawful and historically accurate content is written by Professor Whitey Cracker and endorsed by the KKK, well, we should be good to go, bro. The mind boggles. It just boggles. From Fusebox 220, World Funnel, here's a twisted epiphany from Regina Carroll called Morning Ramen. Morning is broken. A gray ombre ceiling puts a cap on a day already begun, while my morning ramen stews itself to death. The smell of sustenance is happiness, as is the sound of rain feeding the earth. And she blows. She fumes. The gray top on this box blows its cover and spews. Dust, fettuccine and wine, coffee grinds, scriptures, tattoos, tickets, scraps of friendship, pieces of lovers, shards of laughter, and old light, all shot into space. You know, heaven looks more like a debris field, to be honest. A gated community of dumps. Now, in the distance, I hear an old jalopy. <laughs> oh, man. The old jalopy received wings instead of spare parts. 
You know, heaven sounds like a Model T Ford, made up of thunder, spittoons, and gongs. This day is really taking a turn. From Fusebox 223, UF, uh-oh, Eco and Milo, go droning. No one in 1947 reported a ship made from organic tendrils covered in plasma light and whooshing across the skies. They would now, however. So, you know, I'm just not convinced that some of these objects are not actually from here and are being tested by our... Oh, crap. Hold up, bro. It's, it's cracking up again. There's some kind of... Holy carp! There is a freaking hole in the booth. A hole? Oh my god. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a basketball-sized hole with a glowing ring around the edges of it. I mean, yeah, it, it, it looks like a black hole. Hold up, I'm coming in there. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something's, something's happened. Oh my god. There's something coming out of it. Absolutely nothing. This thing just popped out of this hole. I, 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 look out! Here comes. What the hell is this thing? I have no idea. Watch it. It's headed back this way. What the flaming fuck was that? I have literally no idea. It flew back into the hole and then just winked out. Man. This is a bit creepy, bro. I mean, we were talking about UFOs and all that shit. Maybe we ping someone. You think they're subscribers? I don't know, bro. Wow. Holy... Hey, what's this stuff on the wall? It's in the same area as where that hole opened up. Careful, bro. I mean, you might be radioactive or some shit. <laughs> no. No. Not radioactive. Unless Mr. Peanut is not telling us something. Huh? It's peanut butter. Peanut butter? Oh, no. Well, that... Yeah, uh-huh. That could mean only one... Oh, yeah, yeah, we saw it all right. Yeah, what the hell was that? Damn near did a strafing run in here, little dudes. Oh, yeah, no, it's an interdimensional drone. <laughs> yeah, interdimensional drone. Interdimensional drone? Oh, okay, so you guys are responsible for this. IPD. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, for dog's sake, more acronyms? How the hell did you... You made it from a Heath kit? Are they still around? I thought they went belly up in the 80s. Well, actually, they're still around, you know? 
I think they launched again in 2013. Why do you know that, bro? I'm a repository of ephemera. Listen, guys, that thing was pretty damn dangerous. It, it, It opened up a hole in the time space continuum or something. You guys got to be careful. I mean, who knows what kind of reality displacement that thing could have caused. Whoa, well, wait. Maybe we could get a do-over on 2016. Huh. It's a thought. Do-over! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And thus ends another show... And another year, folks, but uh, not before we extend naughty and nice thanks to Rob Askew, Ami Binford, Elizabeth Bach, Scott Campbell, Nick Shargan, Pete Chiarella, Calum Deering, Leslie Jane, Stuart Krug, Aaron Lane, Nico Lane, Jody Lorimer, Erica Mighty, Nancy McDonald, Kenzie Maine, Daniel Marshall, Sabra May, Joe Medina, Evan Morawaki, Sam A. Mowry, Eric Newsom, Dre O'Brien, Lawrence Overmeyer, Sarah Robertson, Mike Vaughn, Derek Welch, Mago Weston, and Gregory Wilson. A sleigh full of thanks to the uh, good folks at Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine for making this year a little brighter for all of us. And of course, big thanks my partners in audio crime here at Fusebox, Milt Keynes, Jeff Pollard, and Regina Carroll for all of their Beyond the Call of Duty activities this year and uh, past years as well. And uh, here's to the start (laughs) of our 10th year, starting with next month's show number 240, whatever the hell it will be called. And uh, I have been your mistletoe-avoiding host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Fusebox. (sighs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now. Oh, the humanity.